TED Audio Collective. This TED Talk features European Union Commissioner for Competition, Margareta Vestager, recorded live at TED Global NYC 2017. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like electric vehicles, renewable energy, water sustainability, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Let's go back to 1957. Representatives from six European countries had come to Rome to sign the treaty that were to create the European Union. Europe was destroyed. A world war had emerged from Europe. The human suffering was unbelievable and unprecedented. Those men wanted to create a peaceful, democratic Europe, a Europe that works for its people. And one of the many building blocks in that peace project was a common European market. Already back then, they saw how markets, when left to themselves, can sort of slip into being just a private property of big businesses and cartels, meeting the needs of some businesses and not the needs of customers. So from our very first day in 1957, the European Union had rules to defend fair competition. And that means competition on the merits, that you compete on the quality of your products, the prizes you can offer, the services, the innovation that you produce. That's competition on the merits. You have a fair chance of making it in such a market. And it's my job as commissioner for competition to make sure that companies who do business in Europe live by those rules. But let's take a step back. Why Why do we need rules on competition at all? Why not just let businesses compete? Isn't that also the best for us, if they compete freely? Since more competition drives more quality, lower prices, more innovation. Well, mostly it is. But the problem is that sometimes, for businesses. Competition can be inconvenient. Because competition means that the race is never over. The game is never won. 
No matter how well you were doing in the past, there's always someone who are out there wanting to take your place. So the temptation to avoid competition is powerful. It's rooted in motives as old as Adam and Eve, in greed for yet more money, in fear of losing your position in the market and all the benefits it brings. And when greed and fear are linked to power, you have a dangerous mix. We see that in political life. In part of the world, uh, the mix of, of uh, greed and fear means that those who get power becomes reluctant to give it back. One of the many things I, I like and admire in our democracies are the norms that make our leaders hand over power when voters tell them to. And competition rules can do a similar thing in the market, making sure that greed and fear doesn't overcome fairness. Because those rules mean that companies cannot misuse their power to undermine competition. Think for a moment about your car. It has thousands of parts from the foam that makes the seats, to the electrical wiring, to the light bulbs. And for many of those parts, the world's car makers, they are dependent on only few suppliers. So it's hardly surprising that it is uh, kind of tempting for those suppliers to come together and fix prices. But just imagine what that could do to the final price of your new car in the market. Except it's not imaginary. The European uh, Commission has dealt with already seven different car parts cartels, and we're still investigating some. Here, the Department of Justice are also looking into the market for car parts. And it has called it the biggest criminal investigation it has ever pursued. But without competition rules, there would be no investigation. And there would be nothing from stop this collusion from happening and the prices of your car to go up. Yet it's not only companies who can undermine fair competition. Governments can do it too. And governments do that when they hand out subsidies to just the favored few, the selected. They may do that when they hand out subsidies, and of course, all financed by taxpayers, to companies. That may be in the form of uh, special tax treatments, like the tax benefits that firms like Fiat, Starbucks and Apple got from some governments in Europe. Those subsidies stop companies from competing on equal terms. They can mean that the companies that succeed, well, they are the companies that got the most subsidy, the ones that are the best connected, 
and not as it should be, the companies that serve consumers the best. So there are times when we need to step in to make sure that competition works the way it should. By doing that, we help the market to work fairly. Because competition gives consumers the power to demand a fair deal. It means that companies know that if they cannot offer good prices or the service that's expected, well, the customers will go somewhere else. And that sort of fairness is more important than we may sometimes realize. Very few people think about politics all the time. Some even skip it at election time. But we are all in the market. Every day we're in the market. And we don't want businesses to agree on prices in the back office. We don't want them to divide the market between them. We don't want one big company just to shut out competitors from ever showing us what they can do. If that happens, well, obviously we feel that someone has cheated us, that we are being ignored or taken for granted by the market. And that may undermine not only our trust in the market, but also in the trust in the society. In a recent survey, more than two-thirds of Europeans said that they had felt the lack, the effects of lack of competition, that the price for electricity was too high, that the price for the medicines they needed was too high, that they had no real choice if they wanted to travel by bus or by plane, or they got poor service from their internet provider. In short, they found that the market didn't treat them fairly. And those, that might seem as very small things, but they can give you this sense that the world isn't really fair. And they see the market, which were supposed to serve everyone, becomes more like the private property of a few powerful companies. The market is not the society. Our societies are, of course, much, much more than the market. But lack of trust in the market can rub off on society, so we lose trust in our society as well. And it may be the most important thing we have, trust. We can trust each other if we are treated as equals. If we are all to have the same chances, well, we all have to follow the same fundamental rules. Of course, some people and some businesses are more successful than others, but we do not trust in a society if the prizes are handed out even before the contest begins. And this is where competition rules comes in. Because when we make sure that markets work fairly, then businesses compete on the merits. And that helps to build the trust that we need as citizens to feel comfortable and in control, and the trust that allows our society to work. 
Because without trust, everything becomes harder. Just to live our daily lives, we need to trust in strangers, to trust the banks who keeps our money, the builders who build our home, the electrician who comes to fix the wiring, the doctor who treats us when we're ill, not to mention the other drivers on the road. And anyone knows that they're crazy. And yet, we have to trust them to do the right thing. And the thing is that the more our societies grow, the more important trust becomes, and the harder it is to build. And that is a paradox of modern societies. And this is especially true when technology changes the way that we interact. Of course, to some degree, technology can help us to build trust in one another with, with rating system and other system that enables a sharing economy. But technology also creates completely new challenges when they ask us not to trust in other people, but to trust in algorithms and computers. Of course, we all see and, and share and appreciate all the good that new technology can do us. It's a lot of good. Autonomous cars can give people with disabilities new independence. It can save us all time, and it can make a much, much better use of resources. Algorithms that rely on crunches, crunching enormous amounts of data can enable our doctors to give us a much better treatment, and many other things. But no one is going to hand over their medical data or to step into a car that's driven by an algorithm unless they trust the companies that they are dealing with. And that trust isn't always there. Today, for example, less than a quarter of Europeans trust online businesses to protect their personal information. But what if people knew that they could rely on technology companies to treat them fairly? What if they knew that those companies respond to competition by trying to do better, by trying to serve consumers better, not by using their power to shut out competitors, say, by pushing their services far, far down the list of search results and promoting themselves? What if they knew that compliance with the rules was built into the algorithms by this design, that the algorithms had to go to competition rule school before they were ever allowed to work, that those algorithms were designed in a way that meant that they couldn't collude, that they couldn't form their own little cartel in the black box they're working in. Together with regulation, Competition rules can do that. They can help us to make sure that new technology treats people fairly and that everyone can compete on a level playing field. And that can help us build the trust that we need for real innovation to flourish and for societies to develop for citizens.
because trust cannot be imposed; it has to be earned. Since the very first days of the European Union, 60 years ago, our competition rules have helped to build that trust. A lot of things have changed. It's hard to say what those six representatives would have made of a smartphone. But in today's world, as well as in their world, competition makes the market work for everyone. And that is why I am convinced that real and fair competition has a vital role to play in building the trust we need to get the best of our societies. And that starts with enforcing our rules. Actually, just to make the market work for everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. It was a pleasure.、Uh, I want to ask you two questions.、Uh, the first one is about data, because I have the impression that technology and data are changing the way competition takes place and the way competition regulation is designed and、uh, enforced. Can you maybe comment on that? Well, yes, it is. It's definitely challenging us、uh, because we we both have to sharpen our tools, but also to develop new tools. Uh, when we were going through the, the Google responses to our statement of objection,、uh, we were going through 5.2 terabytes of data. It, it's quite a lot. So,、uh, so we had to set up new systems. We had to, to figure out how to do this, because you cannot work the way you did just a few years ago. So we are definitely sharpening up、uh, our working methods. The other thing is that we try to distinguish between different kinds of data, because some data is extremely valuable, and they will form like a barrier to entry in a market. Other things, you can just it loses their value tomorrow. So we try to make sure that we never ever underestimate the fact that data works as a currency、uh, in the market and as an asset that can be a real uh, barrier uh, for competition. Google, you find them 2.8 billion euros a few months ago. Then、uh, no, that was dollar. It's not so strong these days. Ah,、uh, well, depends on the on the. <laughs> Google appealed the case. The case is going to court. It will last uh, a, a while. Uh, earlier last year, you asked Apple to pay 13 billion in back taxes, and、uh, and you have also investigated other companies, including European and Russian companies, not only American companies, by far. Yet the 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 investigations. Against the American companies are the ones that have attracted most attention, and they also attracted some uh, uh, accusations. They've been accused essentially of protectionism, of jealousy, or using legislation to eat back at American companies that have conquered European markets. The Economist just this week on the front page writes Vestager versus the Valley. How do you react to that? Well, first of all, I take it very serious、uh, because、uh, bias. Uh, has no room in law enforcement. We have to prove our cases with the evidence and the facts and the, and the jurisprudence in order also to present it to the courts.、Uh, and the second thing is that Europe is open for business, but not for tax evasion.
Well, the thing is that that we're changing. And、uh, for instance, when I ask my daughters, they use Google as well. Why do you do that? They say, well, because it works. It's a very good product. They would never ever come up with the answer. It's because it's a U.S. product. It's just because it works, and that is, of course, how it should be. But just the same, it is important that someone is looking after to say, "Well, we congratulate you while you grow and grow and grow." But congratulation stops if we find that you're misusing your position、uh, to harm competitors so that they cannot serve consumers. It'll be a fascinating case to follow. Thank you for coming to TED. It、Ted. was a pleasure. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. For more TED Talks, go to TED.com.